بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الرحم وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن علمك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين إن شاء الله today we discuss the last part of Unit 7, which is on felicity from Islamic belief system. We reached a point that deals with the need for religion in society. We said that in Islamic plan for human life, although development of each individual receives great attention but everything at the same time is social and happiness of humanity as a whole is very important this is broken down into human society communities families so social aspect of human life is also very important then we reach this discussion that why we need religion in society. Uh, this can be discussed in more details uh, in the discussion about prophethood. But briefly here we can say that for sure when we live together we need to understand how to regulate our relations. If we were living on our own in a cave or desert as individuals, still we needed some regulations with respect to ourselves, the use of, for example, you know, natural resources. But it was not very complicated compared to the time that we live in society, especially modern societies in which we have lots of different sorts of relations. Nowadays, your relation is not limited only to the people who live around you. Even from this part of the world, you have relation with people from other parts of the world. Your relation even with the future generations. It is true that in the past, what they did could affect future. But now what we do can affect hundreds of years to come after us. So lots of different sorts of relations are there and these need regulation, these need guidance. Those societies which do not derive their laws from religion and especially we mean divine religions, they try to benefit from their own experiences or experiences of other people and to come up with a set of law. And then every now and then they change. But this can take society from one extreme to the other extreme. This can create lots of problems that it would be very difficult to restore the damage which they may cause if it's possible to restore. You know, we had this sad experience of slavery even in our time we saw that still it was going on. 
and now although officially is stopped but still there is some kind of mentality of racism that exists in some people's mind we have been mistreatment of people whose countries were not as strong to defend themselves themselves how sometimes colonial powers misused their resources even their human resources so it's good to benefit from our experiences it's good to bring as much as possible science into management and politics but in the end of the day there are some fundamental values that inspire any legal system and those fundamental values should be shaped and inspired by religion by God who has created us and knows everything about us and has no interest in what we do it's not that he's going to gain or lose if we act differently so when we talk about the need for religion and religious guidance in running and leading social life this doesn't mean that we want to open the Quran or for example the holy scripture and then say for traffic regulations we do this for I don't know building a factory or running a school no for these details we can uh, find out what is the best model and improve it the main thing is the general framework and the fundamental values these are the things that if we take from religion we would have peace of mind we can have agreement because it's coming from an independent source which is above us and also we would be able to secure that we are not just driven by power of media or politics or money or industry for example if we just agree on few principles these are not the only principles and values but as examples that there must be justice no matter whether you are following for example this form of law or that form of law but there must be justice in all different grounds and levels there must be benevolence there must be respect and honor for all human beings there must be freedom so that people can choose what to do what to believe there must be opportunities for every person to progress therefore they need to have basic welfare they should have access to education so these are the things that we learn from religion and I don't think there would be any person who is reasonable who would disagree then if people want to get more and go into the uh, level of you know rules then of course we can get more from religion but what is important is at least to make sure that the principles and the fundamental values are there and then one of the advantages of having this 
outlook is that not only we benefit from those principles, but also we would have extra reason to be committed to observation of law because then the law becomes sacred. You can do whatever you can to promote the law, to observe the law, to implement the law as an act of obedience to God. You can make the intention of obeying God even in observing laws of the immigration or traffic or you know taxation or whatever because if there is sanction of religion then they also become sacred plus you would not need only for example cameras and police you would have your internal force coming from your piety from your conscience that motivates you to observe the law so this is why you see that if a society or community or institution is driven by love for God by faith in God then they can work much harder than when they are just working for some material causes look at the amount of for example artistic uh, expressions of faith so many beautiful mosques churches places of worship in the world all inspired by love for god no one makes his own houses like this even poor people contributed to making these uh, magnificent buildings because of uh, them wanting to demonstrate their love for god the next discussion is about happiness in this world and the hereafter so as we said in the beginning islam shows us how to achieve happiness and felicity for ourselves and for society islam also teaches us, us how to achieve happiness in dunya and akhirah so it's not only dunya although dunya is very important and we cannot neglect dunya but it's not only dunya dunya and akhirah both of them if you sacrifice dunya for your akhirah is a problem if you sacrifice akhirah for dunya is a problem if you act wisely and according to instructions from god you should improve your life in dunya you should improve your here after and eternal life allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the quran a'udhu billahi min shaitan rajim هو الذي أنشأكم في الأرض واستعمركم فيها. God is the one that created you on the earth and asked you to improve it, to build it, to develop it. استعمر. استعمر comes from إمران. إنما يعمر مساجد الله means to develop. So Imam Ali Salam commenting on this ayah says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has asked people to improve and develop earth by farming, by agriculture, by producing their food so that they can live comfortably. 
So this is a religious duty. You cannot live in poverty and do nothing. You cannot, in, you know, always import or you know borrow or ask you know for donation. You have to be productive. You have to make your own living, and you have to make sure that you leave this earth in a better situation for the next generation, not just to leave it as it is or make it worse. There is a famous hadith from Imam Hassan al-Mushtaba alayhi salam. In, pardon? Yes, 11, chapter 11, verse 61. And then the hadith is in Vasa al Shia, volume 13, page 195. This hadith from Imam Hassan al Mushtaba is in Mustadrakul Vasail, volume 1, page 146. When it comes to dunya, Act as if you are going to be here forever. What does it mean? It means plan things in the way that even if you are here forever, you would have good life, quality life. You know, if you know that you are going to be in this house that you are building for one year, or you know it's going to be for 100 years, or it's going to be one million years, it makes difference. Anything that you do in dunya, do it in the best way. As if you are going to be here forever. And also at the same time, don't rush. <laughs> don't think that uh, I am going to die, you know, so let me rush. You know, one of the problems that we have, even in uh, charity work, religious activities, is that normally we do things that can be bearing fruits when we are alive. So, because we want to see the result of what we have done, yeah? So, for example, I say in our city, for example, we need a school. But we want to make sure that this school, till we are alive, is going to function. This means that then we have to compromise about the size of the land, about the structure, everything, because I want to see by myself that this school is functioning. But if we change our mentality and see what's the best for our community, maybe we just secure a very good land and design, maybe the next generation start the building, but then for long term, this is better for our society and community than just everyone is starting a little project and then we see that after 20 years, still we have no enough infrastructure. So when it comes to dunya, plan as if you are going to be here forever. Do not rush. Do not be pleased with little. Try to have everything in the best way that you need, in the best way that serves your purpose. Not luxurious, but serves the purpose, serves our needs. When it comes to Akhirah, 
وعمل لآخرتك كأنك تموت غدا for your akhirah work as if you are going to die tomorrow because if you think you are going to be here for another year another 10 years 20 years or shaitan even sometimes you know says you know even someone who is 90 years old shaitan says you know still you have plenty of time so then you always postpone if you want to do something good if you want to repent if you want to give sadaqah if you want to do your salat qaza or fasting qaza you delay and postpone so when it comes to akhirah plan as if you are dying tomorrow and tomorrow is just example otherwise even it's not guaranteed to be tomorrow so if we can have this balance when it comes to dunya be very very active plan in the best possible way believers in god should be the best in planning not we say because we believe in god we trust god and you know we don't plan this is not proper understanding of faith and trust in god we should make the best of planning to the best of our knowledge and expertise but of course we know that we are very limited in our understanding and we should always depend on god and trust and pray but we do the best of planning when we make a hospital and a person who is not faithful makes a hospital or hotel or airport or bridge our planning should not be less you know uh, perfect than them and then we say okay we supplement it with dua or tawakkul no our planning should be better as we see in the history you know how uh, muslim architects despite having not that much technology they made bridges you know mosques uh, public places so many beautiful places that even today we wonder you know how they did this and also in other religious societies so uh, those who are religious should be the best scientists the best engineers the best doctors the best teachers the best nurses as far as worldly considerations are concerned but on top of that not only they are best in worldly consideration but on top of that they have prayer they have tawakkul they have you know uh, lots of spiritual added you know power Sorry. yes how would you rationalize that with um Mahmoud's hadith where he's you know, said he did walk the world three times in the world? So uh, how would one you know reading that you can get so that actually helps. You know imagine a scientist. If a scientist is motivated by money you should quit science you know as a scientist how much money you can make but if you love your work and are happy with reasonable simple life then you can excel as a teacher as an artist so when you are detached from dunya in the sense that you are not working for dunya as such then you can improve dunya 
Otherwise, if you want to gain from dunya and enjoy, then you would only do things which are greedy and things which are selfish. And, you know, you can actually corrupt the world. Imagine if you have a farm. And you just want to make money from this farm or you want to improve this farm and be happy with a simple life. It's very much different. So we don't want to be greedy and take as much as possible from dunya. We love dunya in the way that we are like trustee. We want to improve dunya. We want to and just take what we need, reasonable. We don't want to, you know, suffer and starve. But we don't want to take everything, you know, and put in our pocket. So actually to be able to detach yourself from dunya gives you in the best way to look after dunya. Like, for example, if you have a child, with your children is the same. If you really love your child, you let him grow also in his independence or her independence. Yeah, you don't want that till end of dunya, your child remains dependent on you because if he becomes independent, he would leave you or she would leave you. So, to keep everything for ourselves is not a real love. This is, you know, what I call possessive love. Possessive love is destructive. You should have genuine love, not possessive, you know. Okay. Quran also says, وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَقُولُ رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَةً وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنَةً وَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ we need good of dunya, we need good of akhirah. And perhaps one interpretation of this ayah is that we want them in pair. One from dunya, one from akhirah. One from dunya, one. It means that we never forget any of them. Both of them are very important. Of course, relatively akhirah is more important, but our way towards akhirah goes through dunya. So we have to also be very careful about dunya. For ourselves and for other people. We have this hadith from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in which he said, Al-kaddu ala iyalih min halalin kal mujahid fi sabirullah. The one who works hard to look after his family and people who depend on him. Iyal Iyal are the people who depend on you. Maybe your father, your mother, maybe you have old, you know, um, aunt or uncle. Anyone who depends on you are your Iyal. If you work hard to look after their needs, this is like a person who struggles for the sake of God. It's a jihad. It's an act of jihad. Then there is a hadith here that Amir al said in Pillars of Wisdom, If you can experience ascetic life, if you can renounce dunya, it would be greatest comfort. You know, Benefit from dunya, but don't worry about dunya. 
then you can just enjoy. You know, uh, sometimes uh, you travel and you use a very simple accommodation, but you might be feeling more comfortable than you're in home. Because in home, you have to be responsible for everything. Yeah. But sometimes you just want to enjoy without too much headache and stress. So, mu'min in dunya enjoys dunya but has no stress, no worry. But those who are attached to dunya, even if they have many things, they are always worried. What is going to happen to me if I become ill, if the market becomes, I don't know, worse, if people, you know, steal my money, if my competitors, for example, you know, ruin our company, you know, all these worries are there. Imam Sadiq also said, the one who is greedy is deprived of two qualities and instead has two other qualities. The one who is greedy cannot have qana'ah, to be content. Because they are not content, they are not pleased with what they have. So they don't have comfort and peace of mind. And also they have no rida, no pleasure. They are not pleased with what they have. Therefore, they have no certainty. They are always worrying and complaining. You know, sometimes you see people who have complain more than people who don't have. Yeah? Okay. Then there is a reference to what is a society that is Islamically uh, acceptable. We don't want to say ideal society, but something that is Islamically acceptable. Because ideal society has many, many things and lots of expectations. Inshallah, in the book Islamic Plan for Life, we have more discussion about society. A society which is Islamically acceptable is a society in which people have their basic financial, material, physical needs. I mean by basic, reasonable. So we don't say that everyone has to become rich, everyone has to be billionaire. That might not be realistic, although in an ideal Islamic society, yes, that is also possible that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لو أن أهل القرى آمنوا واتقوا لفتحنا عليهم بركات من السماء والأرض If people were pious and acted with piety and faith, we would have opened up to them blessings of sky and the earth. So blessings would have come to them from every corner. But at least people should have their basic needs so that they can have a decent and reasonable life. Therefore, in Islam, we have attention to 
economy, to welfare, what people should make. Every person is responsible to make some reach, to contribute, to be productive, but also as a society we need to take care of the people who for some reason are not able to look after their needs. All the people who have worked hard in the past but now they need help. Ill people, orphans, strangers, refugees, this type of people. So we should have economy plus good welfare system. The other thing which is very important is there must be order. A society without order is chaos. Even we understand from Islamic sources that order under an unjust ruler or government is better than chaos and anarchy. <laughs> yeah? Imam Razali said, People should have a leader, whether good or bad, that's another issue, okay? Because, actually today, I don't think we need you know, that much to discuss. You know, we can see today there are countries in which there is no stability. Life there is just hell. Everyone takes weapon and, you know, they try to control and you know fight and kill so at least there must be order but this order should be based on people's opinion so there must be decision from people what form of politics what form of government you want to follow, you can be creative. But what is important is that people should be free to choose for themselves. No one can enslave other people or force their opinion on others because they are rich or they are powerful. Even if there is majority and you know minority. Majority cannot be dictators and dictate their opinion on minority. You know? There are areas that we cannot, you know, just go by majority-minority. For example, you know, imagine if there is a society, majority are white, minority are black. Or majority are black, minority are white. Can they say, okay, because we are majority, we decide, you know, to enslave you? They cannot do this. So it's not a matter of always going by majority. There are principles that we have to observe regardless as much as possible no one even no parliament no government as much as possible they should not interfere in private lives of people they should not restrict autonomy of people they should not limit the choices of people as much as possible Yes, those things which are needed for the survival of the state, for the improvement of the state, but without losing that respect for people's freedom, 
that is an area that parliaments or governments can work. So we need order, but this order must be based on observing human values and divine values like freedom, like honor, like uh, uh, respect for their faith, for their religious ideas. In addition to welfare and uh, order, there must be also judiciary system. There must be a way to make sure that we have justice. Because unfortunately, people knowingly or unknowingly, they may not observe always each other's rights. This can happen between ordinary people, but people who have power, they may actually be uh, sometimes tempted to disregard rights of other people. So you cannot have any reasonable society without a judiciary system. This is why in Islam, for us to have just judges, righteous and qualified judges are very important. If we don't have them, we would have problems. And actually one of the tasks of the prophets and imams was to judge between people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to Dawood, Ya Dawood, inna ja'alnaka khalifatan fil ard fahkum bayna nas bil haq. O Dawood, we made you vicegerent on the earth, judge among people. Of course, fahkum can mean lead, but I think it's more judge. Because it's bainan nas, not alan nas. Judge among people with observation of truth. Or, for example, Allah says in the Quran, "Fala warabbika la yu'minun hatta yuhakimu kafi ma shajara bainahum, thumma la yajadu fi anfusihim harajan mimma qabait wa yusallimu taslima." By your Lord, they are not believers unless when they have disputes. They ask you to judge, and then when you make a judgment, they would accept it without feeling any difficulty in their heart. So judging is also very important. So we want order, we want justice, we want welfare, and security. And security is very important. Lots of emphasis has been put in Islam on security, on amn. But amn is not only physical. It's not that you are not injured or killed or imprisoned. These are very important. But also amn of mind, amn of heart, amn of reputation. When I go out of home or even when I'm in home, no one should kill me or injure me or attack me, but not only physically. Because sometimes they physically don't kill you, but they attack your honor. They attack your reputation. You know, it's very bad if in a society or a community or family or an organization, if we don't 
look after each other's honor and reputation. You work hard 20 years, 30 years, 40 years with piety, with honesty. And this is a capital that you can use to work in society. Because in society, you need people to trust you, to respect you. And then people who are careless, they attack you, spread rumors. So this is a big crime. So it's not just a matter of killing. Sometimes attacking people's personality is worse than killing them. So we have hadith which says, Al-Muslimun man salum al-Muslimun man yadihi wal-lisanihi. A Muslim is the one that people are safe not only from his hand, from his tongue as well. You cannot hurt people. Unfortunately, some people, when they speak, they hurt. And either they don't notice or they think it's a kind of cleverness that they all the time, you know, hurt people. When you speak, your word should bring comfort to people. Make them happy. People have problems. They don't need you to add to their problems. Make them smile. You know, we have so much emphasis on Bring happiness and joy to the hearts of people. So we have to be very careful about the way we speak to people in their presence or in their absence. Quran says, الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَلَمْ يَلْبَسُوا إِيمَانَهُمْ بِظُلْمٍ أُولَٰئِكَ لَهُمُ الْأَمْنُ وَهُمْ مُقْتَدُونَ Those who have faith and they have not polluted their faith with zulm, with injustice. They have not covered their faith with injustice. They have not associated themselves with injustice. These people would have safety. And they are guided. So we have to avoid zulm, injustice to any person, any group. So, amn or security in Islam is not only physical, it's psychological, it's a spiritual. And it covers any valuable thing that people have. Any valuable possession that you have should be respected. Should not be damaged or ruined. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the blessing of being able to finish this book. And we hope that inshallah will enable us to understand Islam properly and act Islam inshallah properly.